Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. And welcome back, everyone, to another wonderful podcast with yours truly, James Martin, hosting Dentists Who Invest official podcast. We've got a wonderful guest with us here this evening. Well, I say evening, but it's very much morning time where she is because she's just got herself out of bed very early just to be up for this podcast. So I feel very, very privileged that she's went out of her way to do this. I'm also very conscious that I'm burning into her wonderful weekend Sunday time. So I don't want to be too selfish with that either. I'm sure she's got better things to do. You may or may not know her. I posted on the group a few days ago. Her name is Laura Brenner Studholm, and she helps us dentists. Dentists who feel a little bit disillusioned with dentistry, for whatever reason, they're not content with it, they're not happy, they're thinking about what else can we do with ourselves, what else does the world have to offer, because when we're dentists, we think in these very binary fashions, we either do dentistry or we don't do dentistry, and we feel very constricted and constrained in our role. Laura's niche is to help dentists get out of that by seeing that there is a lot more to the world than we would immediately think as dentists. And that's why I thought I'd got her, get her on the show, because it's all related to the theme of wealth, health, finance, and happiness. Laura, how are you today? I am great, James. Thanks for having me. And there's nothing I'd rather be doing on a Sunday morning. That is wonderful. I hope that was sincere. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it is. Laura, it is. You're fine. <laughs> good, good. Laura is somebody, I have to say, that Laura is someone that I would never have met if I wouldn't have started doing this sort of media uh, well, this Facebook group and kind of putting myself out there. And look at the the friends that you make. Laura and I have been chatting for a while. I would say we know each other relatively well. We've been chatting on and off for quite a bit. Um, I would like to say that, you know, I hope I'm not going too much out on a limb when I say that we're friends now, Laura. Yes. You know what? I would say it's all started out. We became modern day pen pals. We did, yeah. What, right? Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. And then look at kind of what blossomed from there. So I feel yes. very lucky. In Absolutely. That. Honestly, I feel very lucky in that respect. And maybe this is something that's made me see maybe having a Facebook account, maybe social media in a whole new light, because there is lots of wonderful things that can happen on there. And we are all too often exposed to the negative press of it. And there's 50-50, there's, there's eggs in both baskets, you know what I mean? And as I say, it's just made me see things in a whole new light. And of course, this podcast wouldn't be happening right now if we wouldn't have done that. But as I say, less about me and more about Laura. We have to talk about Laura at some point during this podcast, of course. Laura, we've given everybody at home a brief description of what you do, what you do to help us dentists. Can I just throw the mic over to you and can you elaborate a little bit more on your journey into helping us dentists where it all came from. You're, of course, a dentist yourself. I'd just like to learn a little bit more about you and everybody else at home would too, I'm sure. Yeah, so I um, graduated from dental school in 2001 and school was fun for me. And I think a lot of us, we're, we like to learn and we like being in school. Um, 
you know, we, we couldn't wait to get out into the real world because there's a bit of hazing that goes on in dental school, at least here in the U.S., Hazing. Um, Hazing. What is that? Kind of like the. Oh, you don't have. Yeah. Can can you just give us a little bit of a description of what to us British people what that word means? Maybe maybe it's just me that hasn't heard that. Oh, hey, here we go already. We're starting. (laughs) We're starting early. Um, Okay, so you know, like here in the university system, here's a good way of of putting it: is is in the university system we have fraternities. Do you guys yeah, have fraternities? Uh, we don't have fraternities, but I think we've all watched enough American university movies, movies to be familiar yeah. with the, exactly. the culture so when, of fraternities. Yeah. Alpha, Delta, yeah. So Gamma, when, stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> stuff like that. And so when you're the the new guy entering the fraternity, the older guys make you do things that you probably don't want to do. Like they'll make you drink or like things that they're not allowed to tell anyone really bad things a lot of times. Oh, wow. And it's actually pretty serious. Some people have um, died from alcohol poisoning. Oh my goodness. Um, we have an initiation. But it, that is called hazing. Oh, we, yeah. we have that over here. We just never had a word for it. Yeah. And so when I, when I talk about, so uh, there are funny stories and there are some really serious stories where, you know, it's bad things have happened. But when I talk about hazing in dental school, it's more like, the faculty, the teachers are just kind of mean to students and make them jump through certain hoops sometimes and do stupid things. Um, And they're just not always kind. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of dental students just don't feel respected by the teachers. And so they get a little bitter. Um, But I don't know if you, do you guys have that over there? Do you have that experience? There is this air of superiority i suppose from some of the tutors that i recall but i wouldn't say it's a widespread issue it wouldn't be something that i've talked about with other dentists and we all feel we share this bond of commonality between us because or or to use your word our tutors hazed us so frequently or so commonplace but i would say that it's something that does happen to a degree but if I'm grasping what you're saying correctly, you would say that this is a common issue or it's something that I, it, it, it affects the quality of education of a lot of dental students in America? I, I think, I, I don't know how much it affects the quality of the education, um, I just because I'm so far removed from it, I see. but it, it affects life, maybe. Like, it really affects the mental, emotional <laughs> status of okay. And I think a lot of dental, when I talk to a lot of dentists, they make comments like, oh, well, medical students are so much more respected when they're in school. And I don't know if that's true, but, you know, a lot of dentists feel like it's just common. Yeah. So anyway, so I liked school. A lot of us um, like school because we like to learn and we like that environment. And then I got out into the real world. And at first I was pretty eager. I was excited to make money. I was excited to not have to study for tests every single night. I was excited to um, be on my own and not have to like jump through a lot of the dental school hoops. And so I was pretty um, open to trying new things and using my skills. And about three years in, um, something happened. And I think I had seen enough failures or enough patient complaints or consequences. And I started to become very afraid of what was going to happen with my outcomes. Um, so I worried all the time. Mm. I was so stressed. Um, 
Whereas like earlier I was like, yeah, I'm excited to be a dentist. And there's so many possibilities for my future. <laughs> Three years in, it was like, okay, I'm afraid I'm going to get sued. And I actually think we, you know, we kind of mentioned at one point, I think in our emails about the differences between the NHS and, you know, dentistry in the UK and in the U S yeah. is, um, well, one thing is we're both, I think we all feel demonized by the public and some, at some times, yeah, not, not just, all the time. Not just the public, man. Like, uh, there's a lot of people who've got something against dentists. I feel anyway. I mean, the media, for example, uh, our regulatory body in the UK, a lot of dentists over here, a common complaint is that we feel persecuted by them. But anyway, not to, not to butt in. Yeah. Well, I think it's worse in the UK than it is here in the US. I just think a from, lot of people who listen it, in would definitely agree. Yeah. But it's, it's probably it's not too bad. who you are either. It's just, it's just another stressful, you know, I, I do think from that standpoint, dentistry in the U it's a little more, we have a little more freedom um, mm. because we're not as regulated by the body of the NHS that you guys have, but there are some similarities in, in practice and stuff like that. But anyway, you know, um, but about three years in, I was like, I'm afraid I'm going to get sued all the time. I was seeing 30 patients a day. I was stressed. I was tired. I was completely burned out. I was, I felt like all of my work needed to be perfect because the more perfect it was, then the less, the fewer consequences that I would have. Um, and you know, perfection is just not real. It's not attainable in dentistry. And so it just created this huge weight on my shoulders. And, um, three years in, I was like, I just don't, I, I'm not having fun. <laughs> like this is not the fun I thought dentistry would be. Yeah. And um, really was just a lot of stress and anxiety. And so at that point, um, I, wa I wanted to quit, but the economy wasn't so great. And I told myself that I should feel lucky to have a job and I should be feel lucky to have a house and a career and all this stuff. And maybe I needed a new job. So I found a job that was at the opposite style of practice. Like this practice is probably more what you would compare to an NHS public practice mm -hmm. that you guys would have. Mm -hmm. um, the second practice would be more like a private mm -hmm. where I could see, you know, our fees were much higher. I saw fewer patients a day so I could focus on patient relationships and, mm -hmm. and the stuff that I really liked. <clears throat> that was part of the problem in my first job was the pace of it was so hard. I mean, there were days I as you would say, couldn't even go to the loo, which is not something we say over here. The loo? Go really? to the loo? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, Breaking there you go. Cultural, cultural barriers, right. one word. Exactly. We're getting there. Exactly. I did not so, know that. I thought the loo was international common lexicon for the toilet, but there we go. I've learned something. It is. We just don't use it, you know? I see. So it's recognized at least. Yeah, we know it. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. gotcha. But it's not like a common... Common, common everyday parlance, right? common parlance. Exactly. Common parlance. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I went to this new job and then there it was private practice and I was like, okay, everything's going to be better. And I mean, really to make a long story short, I thought five years is going to be my mark. When I hit five years, I'm going to really get all of this. It's going to be so much more straightforward. I won't deal with the same problems. I won't feel like I'm getting worried about getting sued anymore. Um, and that didn't happen. 
Um, I invested a lot of time and money in something called the Panky Institute, which is in Florida. Oh, it's I've a, heard of you it. heard of it? Yeah, it's all about actually. We- I've read his book. Uh, the guy, what's his name? The Peter Dawson. He runs the Panky Institute. Oh, Dawson. Yeah. yeah. So he does Dawson, but I think they used to be partnered. I don't even remember that much about it anymore. Um, yeah. Dawson I, and Panky work they, together. Yeah. Now there's Dawson and Panky. Oh, I see. They're two separate. Schools. Separate, but they were aligned. So you're on to something. Yeah. Right. So, and that's all about like aligning your personal life and really caring for people, not just teeth. And oh, so I, I really, am- I, it's actually a more about the beyond the mouth. It's more about your wider relationships with patients is the Panky Institute. Yes. Is so it, it oh, includes yeah. all, yep. It includes all that Dawson stuff, um, right. which Dawson may do that other like in, personal stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it includes all of that. But, it, you know, a lot of people go there because we had two people from the UK there back in my class one time yeah. um, trying to get it's out of the NHS and, into private. And um, it's, I mean, that was like a big effort on my part to try to save my career. And I loved the classes. I loved, again, I loved the learning. I loved the social aspects of it. But when I would get back into the dental office, I was like, this, I, I don't, this isn't any better. And, um, so ended up at a third practice. Um, you know, by the way, that second practice, I made about a third of my original income. So I was one of those dentists who wasn't even, I mean, I couldn't, some months I couldn't pay my car payment just because it was slow. We have an expression over here. It's called bash the Nash, bash the NHS, because you can, if you work really, really, really hard efficiently, but you're the de- the quality of your dentistry somewhat suffers, you can actually earn comparable to you can earn quite a bit and maybe if you shift into private that your earnings um versus what you earned on the nhs if you work to that level there may be a mismatch at least at the very beginning until you become more proficient in it so it's kind of counterintuitive in that sense that you can do a lower quality standard of quality of dentistry however get paid more and it sounds like maybe that parallel runs with what you're describing yes exactly absolutely So, yeah, so I felt like I tried all different kinds of practices and it just wasn't helping. And so in year seven, I was at a third practice, which was also a very much designated panky practice. Um, And so I um, tried that. It's year seven. I was like, I got to get out. And I didn't know what to do. And it took me three years to leave dentistry. And so it was this, this, it's, it's been a process at the time. Okay. So this was 2008, let's say 2000. Yeah. 2008, 2009. No one was talking about being unhappy in dentistry. No one, no one was talking about burnout in healthcare. And I was so burned out that I just thought it meant I hated my career. I didn't know what it was. So um, it was a really interesting uh, journey to get out. And, and I did it, I had to do it alone because there was really no one to talk to about it. Wow. Real quick guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. Most of the time dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening 
until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.denisoninvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Because nowadays, it's not uncommon to find other dentists on Facebook who are voicing this sentiment. You'd agree with that, would you? Absolutely. What I've seen, I mean, yeah, it's not far from unheard of and bordering on common, but not the case. Exactly. Um, So I started my blog. I mean, we can can take this discussion wherever you want, but um, I started my blog in uh, 2011, I believe. And it was, so when I, at year seven, when I was like, I need to get out, I was like, I don't know how to do this. All I know is dentistry, our skill set's so specific that I have no other skills. And we all think that at, at some point, if we want to change careers, um, which is actually not true. I just have to say for the record, but that's what a lot of us think. And that's what keeps us stuck. And so I was just grasping at straws. I didn't know what to do. And one of the things that, um, well, so let me put it this way. I was complaining and complaining a lot. And one day my husband, I think I came home another day crying from the office. And my husband was like, you need to sort this out. Like it was an ultimatum basically, but not really. Um, it was like, if you don't sort this out, I don't know what's going to happen in our future. So what do we need to do? Do we need to move and sell this house? Do we need to, like, you need to get, you need to find a way to be happy because this isn't going to work. And I, I do joke that it was an ultimatum because, but it really wasn't. It was really permission for me to start exploring, yeah. right? Because we have, this is a terminal career. This is a career we get into and we think if I don't, if I, you know, I'm in, I'm a lifer, I'm in this for life. And then you get here and it's not what you expected it to be. Oh, and by the way, it's one of the only careers that you can't ever know what it's going to be like until you invest all the time and money to doing, to getting in. Right. And so then you, yeah, you get here and you're like, wait, this isn't what I thought it would be. So, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of investment that keeps us feeling like we can't walk away. Um, understandably so I was there, but getting that permission from the one person I needed, well, one of the other one person that I needed it from would be myself, but getting it from my partner was really what I needed. And so then, you know, I explored and did really silly, stupid, I say stupid, they weren't stupid things, but they were not things that I necessarily wanted to do, but it was part of my process of exploring and being curious. So for example, we made gluten-free beer. So that was one of my things. It was like right when the gluten-free was getting in, you know, in vogue. vogue. Hey. Did we just say that at the same time? No way. Yes. There we go. Quite an obscure obscure adjective as well. Exactly. (laughs) There we go. So yeah, when the whole gluten-free thing was happening, 
um, it was just getting started. We were, I, I, I was into nutrition and we had gone gluten-free. So we were like, maybe we could make a gluten-free beer. I mean, there's an opportunity for that. So we practiced with that. And the reason I say that's stupid is because I'm not a big beer drinker. My husband is. Um, but I was sort of like attaching to him for my way out, you know, like maybe you can help me because I couldn't do it alone, which I think is a great tactic if anyone ever feels like, you know, like do some hobbies with someone else or, um, you know, link up with other people if you are feeling like you just don't have the drive to do it yourself. So yeah, we made gluten-free beer. I toyed with making gluten-free cookies and I learned a lot. I learned that, you know, making beer um, is a lot more cleanup than I want. You know, I don't know if you've ever made beer, brewed beer, but I um, it's but a really, say, there's a vessel that you brew the beer in the, the, uh, the hops, they're quite frothy afterwards. You have to clean those out. Then when you drink the beer, you've got the bottles, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, it's this whole process, but you have to make sure everything is completely perfectly sanitized. Yeah, of course. And it's a total pain in the booty. <laughs> So okay. I'm censoring my language because I usually don't, <laughs> no, I don't no, always. Booty, booty, I like that word. Uh, booty. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of my clean way of saying it. Um, <laughs> let's keep it PG on this podcast. So you don't, yeah. have, you don't have PG over there. You've got. Yeah, we do. Oh, do you? Oh, I thought it was like R and M and stuff. Anyway. We well, we even have PG 13, but that's a side note. I see. I see. Do you oh, have well, that? You don't uh, have I, we keep it simple over here. We have PG. Okay. We have, we have 15 <laughs> and 18, I believe. Okay. Um, got it. We're going on a massive tangent here. Anyway. It's a big tangent. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, all right. So I, um, are you hearing those, those dings by the way? Good. Okay. Good. Okay, good. No, no dings. No <laughs> I'm getting these like things that these notifications and I don't know how to turn them off. It's all right. So as We're long as good. you're not hearing them, that's great. I can ignore them. We're all good. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot with these th- doing silly things that just didn't, I didn't know where they were going to go. I learned gluten-free cookies. It was like, I don't, I actually care about nutrition. I don't want to make a product that's going to not necessarily be that good for people's health. So you learn about yourself. Like, what do you like? What don't you like? What are your values? What's important to you? And, but I was just still not finding anything that could make money. And so one day my husband said, he was reading the newspaper and he was like, Hey, look, here's this contest um, in the paper where you can submit a one minute video and it's a travel show. If you win, you can be this travel show host for this online travel company. And I was like, no, there's no way I can do that. Like, I'm not good on camera and I'm not creative enough. I'm not funny. Like, there's just no way. So long story less long, I ended up um, doing it. Just saying, you know what? I need to shift my energy. My energy is so stuck. I'm just swirling in this. I'm is like I'm in a hole and I can't see the light above me a vortex. because all yeah, like all I'm seeing is just that I can't do anything. And so I really needed to shift that energy and kind of put it out there into the universe that um I want to do something else. So I I made this video. Um it was really funny. I I 
I don't know if you saw it. I posted it in my group. I did. Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah, it was you were, yeah, yeah. you were a dentist, but simultaneously a travel ambassador for a company. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You were. You yeah, were, and it, it was. There was like a, a beach that you were encouraging people to go to, but you were giving them the hard sell, despite the fact that there was an oil spill on it, something of that nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually it was the, um, I think it was the, in the, in the Gulf, we had a huge oil spill about, gosh, when was that? Uh, around that time, maybe Wasn't over that, 10 years ago. It was a, cra- it was a terrible thing. Yeah. It was and it was a very sark. Yeah. Be, yeah. I think so. Company, I think anyway. Yeah. And it was terrible, but it was a very funny video. But, you know, I didn't win the contest. I'm not a travel show host. And some people who entered were very professional and I didn't win. But I was like, you know, when it was going on, I had to push myself first by making the video. Like you started your videos. That's a big push out of your comfort zone. Totally. So I had to do that. This contest, I had to ask all my friends to vote for me every day. So I had to be that annoying person. I would send, I was so desperate, James, so desperate to change to get out of dentistry yeah. that I actually stooped to emailing everyone every day and posting on Facebook every day. And people probably hated me, <laughs> oh, wow. but I didn't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you want something so badly, you'll do it. Yeah, totally. So um, yeah. So what, it was fun. It gave me some hope, you know, when we're struggling when we have hope for something, it can make life a lot more fun. Yeah, and right. it, yeah. Um, actually, well, I, I won't even go there, but, um, yeah. So I, um, I did this contest. I lost, I was totally gutted. That's for you. I said that for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, our language gutted is not a Br- American word for anybody listening who didn't know that. I've just learned that today. Yeah, we don't typically use that. We get it. We we know it, kind of like the loo. Um, we we, we feel it and go to it, but we don't use the word so much. But it's a great it's a great word. I think we should use it more often, actually. Yeah, it's, um, very, it's very visceral. You know, it's one of those yeah. words you almost know what it means even just by the sound or the. It's like onomatopoeic. I think anyway. Anyway. That's yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was really, I was really gutted that I didn't win this thing, even though I knew I wouldn't. So when I came out of that little mini sadness, I decided I need to do something with this. And if I can't be a travel show host and escape my life, then at least I can blog. So I started a blog where I blogged about food and travel, two things that I love, and no one read my blog. Yeah. So I was blogging, no one read it. And then one day I saw this blog post titled 10 reasons I hate the dentist. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, you know, you suck. Here's 10 reasons your dentist probably hates you too. And, uh, overnight it went viral literally. And, um, there's a lot behind that story, but that is writing my blog. There's a lot of reasons that I didn't share changed my process, like getting into a creative process is what helped me shift out of dentistry ultimately. And then write this blog post that then actually just helped me find what I, and what I'm doing now. So. Interesting to hear you speak about that, Laura, because it's the doors that open from places that you wouldn't necessarily expect them. Absolutely. And you, you have to look for the doors. Definitely. You know, 
Yeah, like you can't just let them um, Open the find doors, you. find the doors, go out there, put yourself out there, something that you're into, and not to pull the conversation back to me, but that was the genesis of my group as well because I've had an interest in finance and cryptocurrency for quite a while. And it was through making those videos that I didn't really necessarily think were linked. I mean, I didn't even really initially start out making videos on finance. I started making them on mental health and well-being in the dentistry community and it spawned from there interestingly so hopefully that analogy draws a parallel with what you're talking about too and it's interesting that when you do begin to go down that path where you might end up is not necessarily where you started and that's the fun part and it's also the part that can lead to these potential alternate career paths yeah, absolutely. And you know, I did not know that, that that's how you started your videos. I don't think I knew that. And that's a perfect example because, you know, that's like me blogging about food and travel. You're like, you just do something and, yeah. and something that doesn't take a lot of like money and effort, but just push your, put yourself out there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So when my blog post went viral, I started getting emails from people from all over the world that were um, saying, you know, I feel the same way you do in dentistry. I mean, people in Egypt and Chile, like all over places where you would think we're so different, but as dentists, we're all the same. And so I was getting these emails that were like, how did you leave? What did you do? And so for Um, For one thing, it was great because I really thought I was the only person who was experiencing my burnout and and my dissatisfaction with this career. And suddenly I realized that there's this entire world out there. So when people started asking me questions, I would talk about it with them and try to inspire and motivate motivate them. Um, And um, they eventually asked me enough questions that I was like, I'm going to blog about this. So I started blogging about my journey into and out of dentistry. And it was great. I found this really niche, like teeny tiny niche following of dentists that just felt the same way. And they would read my blog and say that um, they could totally relate to the, like, get out of my head type of thing, you know? (laughs) And um, so that's ultimately, I, I did that for about six years, just just blogging and emailing with people until I ultimately said, you know, this is what I want to do. I love doing this. This brings me so much joy and satisfaction that now I know what my career, what I want my next career to be. Um, And, and I think that's important because sometimes we need to just take a leap of faith and, and do now, by the way, During this time, you know, I posted this 10 reasons post after I had quit dentistry. So the blogging about food and travel really started opening my awareness. And I just started noticing opportunities that were coming my way. And I found this weight loss business that I was able to get to start. So I started a weight loss coaching business that I did part-time while I was practicing dentistry. Um, So like two or three days a week of each thing. And so I was out, right? So it was a, I call that my bridge career. And what I want to, sh- what I like to share with people is that your next career does not have to be your perfect career because we can grow and change. We we're, you're just in a place now in dentistry where we think there are no other options, but sometimes we just need to get out to something that's 
going to be a lot better, but it might not be your forever. So that's kind of a, an interesting point I like to share with people about if they're looking to change careers. Um, don't, if you, if you try to make it perfect, you're never going to move. You're never going to take a step because there is no way of finding that out. Your point is that you, people tend to think that if you take a new plunge, you have to go all in, but it doesn't have to be that way. Right, right. Like I have to, like I made this mistake once, right? I got into a career that wasn't right for me. So this next time I have to make sure it's the right career. So what you do is you look at all your options and nothing's good enough. You poo-poo everything. And so because you're so scared of making the same mistake, but part of this process is really trying things. And there are ways we can explore without jumping off a cliff. Maybe we have, we all have that mentality because we automatically associate that. Well, we tend to think in our head that that's what a career is because we did it before, but it isn't always the case. Do you ever look back and do you ever think, actually, I regret leaving dentistry? Is there any part of you, even like 1%? Do you remember the uh, answer when you asked me this on email one time? Do you remember? I do, but I'd love the audience yeah, to hear. What I know. I, I, I just was checking. Um, so for the audience, James messaged me one day as we were chatting back and forth. He said, do you ever regret it? And I was like, not one teeny tiny itty bit of me ever regrets it. He's like, don't sugarcoat it, honey. You know, so no, I do not regret it. It is like, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I know that's another fear that people have is, will I regret it? And I always ask like, well, I mean, how are you feeling right now? If you're pretty anxious and stressed and, or if you're saying the really extreme things like it's crushing my soul or I'm dying inside, I'd say can it like, are you, would you ever regret walking away from something that's soul crushing or making you die inside? You know, I mean, we, we, we try to convince ourselves that there's nothing better out there, but if this isn't right for you, life is better on the other side. Not really one of the reasons you tend to hear people say that they regret something that it crushed them inside before they left. So you have a point on that one. I think that if you have the money and money's not an issue, then there's definitely at least leeway there to perhaps do less dentistry and see if you can conjure up something on the side that you enjoy as well. Money comes into it. If you have enough, then that is an obstacle that you've already removed. And therefore you can, well, you can use some of that time, at least if you're not going to go, you know, take the plunge straight off into the deep end, then I suppose there's scope there for anybody who's listening and anybody who feels that way. And that was something that I learned and I'd never really thought about it before. I just, I thought it was all about just working as hard as you can and kind of earning as much money as I possibly could. But, you know, that mentality to me now is so strange. And I wish someone would maybe have sat me down and told me that earlier. But I'm just saying to anybody else who feels the way that Laura spoke there a minute ago about it, that's another way of looking at it that may help. Do you think that there's anything that we could do either within the profession or from the point of view of building up some positive PR for us dentists? Do you think that there's anything that can or should be done by a certain individual or a body that may help us dentists to have a more enjoyable career? 
Or do you think it's too far gone and the whole system is just a mess and what's huh, the matter? That's an interesting, you know, I, I think what's important is that we change the mentality as a whole that we have in the dental culture. And the mentality is that, you know, if you're not in private practice or if, if you're not, I don't know if like NHS dentists feel like they're less than compared to private practice. Um, but maybe, maybe sometimes here there's a little bit of that, but whatever your gauge is, you know, I'm just using that as an example. Um, you know, like we have this perception if I'm not like, you know, you interviewed or she interviewed you on her podcast she did, yeah. and, and her podcast is all for associate dentists because, um, associates feel like if they're not owners, they're not really as valuable or they're not, that's what, that's what she felt that they're not. So this perception that there's only one way to be a dentist, that's what I think culturally we need to change because there are other things that dentists can do. And I think we're just at a place of really discovering that now, but even you mentioned the money, um, the money I've worked with people who have plenty of money and they could totally walk away, but there's now, yes, I agree. That's usually the one thing, but sometimes there's something more than that. And it's the identity and the respect and the fear of what others will think, the feel of fear of being a failure, um, all those things that come into play as well. So as far as a governing body, I mean, it'd be cool if, if, you know, like the American Dental Association wanted to work with me on creating something that would help dentists who, who know they don't want to, um, yeah, that's my plug to the universe, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. listening right um, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yes, I think we just need more education on this because it's it's just why? Why is it such a stigma? Why is it so bad to get into this career? And you know, we're not just talking about quitting. What if we're talking about working, practicing two days a week and then on the side investing? Totally. That should be totally celebrated. Totally. Because why not? Totally. Why not? I think it's a lot more in the common commonly acknowledged or commonly accepted amongst dentists now that certainly that a side gig or a something else that you do in addition to dentistry should be something that we're encouraged to think about. I think COVID has shifted that conversation along a little bit and has introduced that more into our common mindsets. That's just my perception of it though. It's very difficult to say what everybody else now thinks of it. We need to do some sort of survey, which would be very difficult to pull off, but that's how I felt about it. And that's certainly the, Opinions of my peers seem to have shifted somewhat. Again, as to any substantial proof as to whether or not that's been a common shift amongst other dentists, that would be difficult to say. But personally, from my point of view, that seems to have made what you're talking about, Laura, a lot more accepted amongst the profession. Would you agree? I would 100% agree, yes. Um, And that's been my experience too with covid that, um, you know, a lot of dentists had the time at home to reflect. They, they realized that they could live on less money. They realized how much happier they were and how me, much less stress. Speaking my language, you speak in my language. Yeah. 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 And that's a, a sacrifice I had to make too. There are 
this doing this or making this shift, whatever, however it looks for you, doesn't come without sacrifices, but that's okay. Totally. Laura, when you mentioned earlier about authentic having transferable skills that we might necessarily recognize, we sort of skirted over it a little. That was something that intrigued me to hear you talk about because that's very much the common perception that dentistry is such a niche thing that we can't really go off and do other things. For example, my friend, uh, well, we've all got friends who are good with computers. That is something that's so transferable to so many companies because so many companies use computers and the way the world is going, information technology is going to be growing and growing and growing for the foreseeable future. When you spoke about the transferable skills us dentists have, what were you referring to or did you have any particular skills in mind? I think this needs to be pointed out to people. Yeah, I do have particular skills in mind. We, well, a lot of us are entrepreneurs, right? I mean, we don't give ourselves the credit that we're business owners. So, you know, if you're managing a business right there, what are all the things you do to manage a business? So even if you're not, I mean, okay, so take a step back. Those are your transferable skills as business owners, right? But even if you're not an owner and you're an associate, you're leading a team, you have communication skills, you have organizational skills, you might have the computer savvy skills that you just mentioned. We are not, we have a lot that we can do. And, and really what got me out of that thinking was taking the pressure off of, like I mentioned earlier, my next gig doesn't have to be the perfect gig right? So once I took the pressure, to, pressure off and I, I literally said to myself, I can have fun doing this, you know, like, why do I have to make this so serious? Let's just start having fun. And when I did that, um, then I was able to say, okay, dentistry is really hard, right? Most of the people in the world cannot do what we do. Preach, we preach, on, the hard, preach on the hard part, man. It's a difficult yeah. job. Yeah. And we all learn to do this. And if I can do this, I can do anything. And that really shifts your mindset into that. that's flipping it on his head. I love that. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. And it, it's always seems so logical to me, but it's hard to think of that when you're in that moment. Um, but really that shifts you into this action mindset. And then it's now it's a matter. It's not a matter of like, Oh, I can't do anything. Now it's a matter of, okay, I can do anything what is it that I want to do? What am I going to like most? I really, really like that. That's literally turning it on its head. And as I said, it's just about finding that thing, I suppose, for anybody who did want to get out. I think that anybody out there who has a hobby, you've already got a possible business there in itself because you have a body of knowledge that others might not necessarily know about. And you have to remember that even though you mightn't feel like you know very much about one particular thing, you're already further along that journey of learning about that thing than somebody else who hasn't started. And you appear like the, 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 sort, the fountain of all knowledge to those people. And there's something in there that you can potentially monetize that you might necessarily recognize. I actually think that most people have something in their heads that they can share with the rest of the world and someone else will pay for. Most of us don't recognize it though. That's the trouble. When you spoke earlier about taking the plunge and leaving dentistry, obviously that took a lot of willpower, you know. Well, for you, really, it was more, it was that 
you you just had enough really, hadn't you? But say there's anybody out there who's listening and they're umming and ahhing or they've really, really, really fed up and they've had enough. What is the first thing that you would say to them to maybe encourage them to look at other things? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that because the other thing that I always like to make clear with people is that I, my job, I'm not here to make sure everyone quits dentistry. Um, I think dentistry is a great profession and we need people who like it and there are people who love it. So, you know, on the one hand, I think it's worthwhile exploring what you can do to make it better. And a lot of the burnout and the stress that's happening to us, we're actually creating ourselves and we're creating it by being people pleasers and worrying you know, taking the responsibility of all of our patients on our shoulders. And it's like, we don't have these boundaries to protect ourselves. So if you can work on those things and stay in great, if you can, um, shift and do something a little more creative where you're practicing part-time and doing something else part-time, that's great too. And now I don't really remember the rest of what was your question, James? <laughs> it was just about what would you say to someone who was thinking about taking the plunge? Oh. And so it was we you just covered the people that were omen and yeah. iron or they weren't they weren't wholly committed to getting out, or perhaps they didn't want to fully get out. So where I guess you were going with that was you're now gonna speak about the people who do want to get out and what would you say to them? Yeah. I would say go for it. Be a part of a community. That's going to help you. Um, there are several. There are several Facebook communities out there that that help um, build that camaraderie and help people. Really, I think the key is knowing that you're not alone. You can do this, and just start getting creative, and and reach out there. Open those doors you don't have to stay in clinical practice. And we talked about business ownership. There are jobs out there. You know, I worked, I, I, I have a friend who um, she quit dentistry to raise her kids and then had a divorce. And so she had to go back to work after 10 years out of practice. Wow. She went back into clinic, hated it. She was like, she had the, her easy out the first time with having kids, right? And then when she went back and really needed to make the income, she was still unhappy. She went and got a job with a really reputable insurance company, not dental insurance, but just working in customer service here in the U.S. And, you know, that may or may not be her forever career, but she's, is a, it's, it's a way in. And what she would tell you is that she's a lot happier and a lot less stressed. So, you know, there are jobs and we can do anything. So, there's reach out to someone, just don't stay stuck either. It's, it's like a yes or a no, right? Like get off the fence, either stay in and what make it work. in reaching out to someone? I mean, even if you aren't yeah. fully committed, just hear what they have to say. That's yeah. good. I'm glad that you said that. Cause that's a good point. What have you got to lose by doing that at the very least? Absolutely. I talk to people all the time. Um, cause I do consults like free consults with my work. And I talk to people all the time who just, they want to talk. We do one consult and we don't end up working together, but they always say they feel so much better after that call, whether they work with me or not. Totally. Totally. What's the harm in having a conversation? Yeah. 
Laura, you've given us some wonderful answers to those questions and certainly I think anybody who is on the fence about dentistry or really, really, really doesn't like what they're doing will find that helpful. If you had to succinctly give us some top tips, Laura's top tips to getting out of dentistry, we've already covered a few, but just so we can have them in a succinct form at the end for anybody who's listening, what would you say those are? Let's start with creativity. That's not... You know, it's not a direct path there, but get creative. A lot of us get into dentistry and we we disconnect from our creativity. And that really prevents us from seeing what's out there. So if you can tap into creativity in any way, you know, like like I for me it was blogging. James, for you it's been um, you know, these YouTube videos and podcasts and um and and for some people maybe it's photography or cooking something to just get you connected with some joy again, because it's really hard to change when you feel bad because you just don't feel like you have options. So I'd say a couple of succinct tips, start with creativity. Um, the second one is like I said earlier, talk to people, ask questions, do research, look at what's out there. Um, you can join these groups. There are these Facebook groups. I have one. There's another one that's really great that's UK-based. Um, you can join both of them. But get say, say post things in there. Ask questions. You know, the other day I posted about a, de- a dentist who's an interior designer now. And what a cool job transition that is. So the more ideas you can get, the better equipped you'll be. Um, like James sort of hinted a couple of seconds ago about what he looked into finance is, is find something that you really like. And it doesn't have to become your career, um, but just you'll learn about yourself. Like with my cookies, I learned I don't want to feed people sugar. That's important to me. And so then I could learn, you know, this is how... I. And the humor of that is I ended up going and being a weight loss coach, you know, so um, that helped me probably decide that. So I'd say be curious, ditch finding a passion. Uh, You know how people are like, um, they always say, you just find your passion. If you have your, if you have your passion, then you won't feel like you're working. Well, what do the people who don't have a passion do? That's true. Yeah. Right. When people say that, they make it sound so simple. So simple. I didn't have a passion. I have a passion now. My passion now is I want to like really revolutionize the mentality and the culture of our dental community in this way. I want to take away the shame from this. And so, but I didn't find that. I didn't have it immediately. I had to go through my process. So getting curious and exploring will eventually help you hopefully find your passion. And if you don't, I mean, that's what's great about curiosity is it's like no strings attached. You just pivot, find a new curiosity, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love that. No strings attached. NSA. Yeah. You can be single ready to mingle on that front. Yeah. You're not I always, yeah, I always equate. Um, that's a great, I'm so glad you said that. I always equate looking for a new career, like dating, date your career. You know, you didn't just get married for the first time without dating people. Right. I do love that. Something we can relate to, really. We all can. On the subject of your business, which is helping us dentists to 
try to get into other careers or to at least to branch out. How is it that you help dentists or how can they connect with you so that you can have a conversation with them along that process? Yeah, so there's two, there are a couple things. The the bulk of my work, you know, day in, day out is I do private one-on-one coaching to help people really make these decisions and get into action because that action is important because I spent, I know because I spent years just talking and that is not going to always get us, it's not going to get us anywhere really. So I help people get into action with accountability and really make intentional decisions and hopefully remove as much of the unknowns and fear as we can and, and know that you've got a partner, like someone helping you do this, who's done it themselves. So that's one thing. The other thing I do is I have a career conference for dentists that I have twice a year. Our next one's coming up in March. And it's an amazing full day conference where I have a partner who's a physician. We share our tips and teach people how to do career change or, you know, not even just career change, but even career modification, getting into more alternative types of dental careers, which is a thing. Um, so helping people do that. And we have guest speakers who have done it themselves and they share what they do, what they did, how they did it, how you can do it. And they share resources to help you start your process. So those are the two main programs I have. And um, I blog all the time. So if people want to read my blog, um, that's a great way to connect. And I have a Facebook group called Dentist Side Gigs that is just a welcome place for for people to talk openly about this stuff and connect with like-minded people like you. Awesome. So if anybody listening does feel like anything that we said tonight spoke to them in any way, Laura is, of course, on my group as well. Laura Brenner Studholm is her full name. Lovely name, by the way. Can I, is it that Brenner or Studholm was your maiden name and then the other one was your husband's name or where was that, is that his name, Brenner Studholm? So I'm Brenner. Got you. He's Studholm and I never changed my name. Got you, got you. Because I was too lazy, but I did add it on Facebook. So it's like we're married on Facebook. Oh, I was just interested. <laughs> double barrel names, they can be created in that fashion or they can obviously be handed down. I was just curious. So if anybody yeah. wants to reach out, Laura Brenner Studholm, she is, of course, on my group and she does have another group which might be of interest to everybody, which is Dentist Side Gigs, as Laura has just said. So it's for us dentists who have other interests outside of dentistry where we want to network and meet other like-minded dentists, even if it isn't because you want to leave or you've had enough or you're fed up. It's always nice to network. The more you, the more you know, the more, well, the more doors and avenues that are open to you, the more people that you can connect with. And aside from anything else, do you know what? It's fun. It's fun to just meet other people and chat and have conversations and feel like you formed relationships. So hope if anybody's interested, you know the name of the group, feel free to hit it up. Laura, we're going to wrap up now. Is there anything that you'd like to say in conclusion or are you quite happy? I'm quite happy. It's been a happy. pleasure. It's been a pleasure to connect with you. You too, and Laura. You too, Laura. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And as I say, this is something a little bit beyond what we do normally, beyond finance. But I think a lot of people who are listening will probably find value from listening to this. And further to that, what more a pertinent time to speak on this matter than the way things are at the minute with COVID and coronavirus and nobody quite knows, even though we've got this vaccine, how long till we 
are able to stop wearing that bloody PPE, the level three PPE. It is horrible. I hate it. That is something that affects the quality, how much we enjoy our job quite significantly, or at least for me it is. So in the meantime, maybe this is giving you some food for thought. Laura, I'm going to let you get off now. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, James. Absolute pleasure, Laura. Anytime. Hopefully we'll speak again very soon. But until that time, I'm going to let you get off and enjoy your Sunday. Pleasure. You too. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.